Ew. Oh my god. I just I just took off the pop filter from my microphone. It is so disgusting on the inside. Ew, I don't even want to I don't know if I can't even take mine off. <laughs> it's I guess all those burps directly into oh, the microphone have finally God. taken their toll. I tried to think what mine would look like. Oh, I see some <laughs> screws. I probably could take mine apart if I really wanted to. But oh yeah, no, mine mine is literally just a little foam bubble. Oh. I'm like, hey, what's on the inside of this? It's full of cat hair. Oh, gross. There's something growing in it. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny how, like, immune to disgusting things I am now after working at the hotel for <laughs> so long. It's funny. Do you have an example? Well, like, for example, like, I dealt with, like, I would take P-traps apart in the bathrooms and shit and then be, like, fucking black, you know, just sludge. And, uh, you know, of course I'd wear gloves and everything, but... The, the smell is like nothing I've ever smelled before. It's the worst smell ever. But like I'm like immune to it now for some reason. Like, yeah, I get it. It smells bad, but I'm not like grossed out. And I've had people like puke in their sinks and leave it in there. Uh, and obviously that's the housekeeper's stuff. But if the sink is clogged, then that's my, you know what I mean? Then they have to call me to unclog it. But like. It was funny at Val's house. She her tub was clogged, and I just like with uh, my bare hands just went down there and just like pulled out all this hair and everything. And she's like, "That's disgusting." And I'm like, "That's, you know, <laughs> like I don't really care." <laughs> That's horrifying. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Shane, you ever have that problem? Hair clogging up all your drains? Oh yeah, especially when I had really long hair. I could see you with, like, a luscious head of hair. Dude, you don't know the half of it. I made fucking women jealous of my long hair. My hair would used to go down to my ass. We're talking about the hair on your head, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not your... Not uh, my or my, or my <laughs> dingleberries. Or my dingle dreads, should I say. So, my dingle dreads. Hey, uh, do you get... Okay, when you guys shave, do you guys shave your butt? No. Nope. Oh yeah, me either. Yeah. Oh no, right. yeah, no. <laughs> no, but man, not. I've been I've been shaving like the inside. Changed my oh life. My Changed my life. I suppose it's got the sieve-like texture of your pubes or your ass hair matting together when you have the shit. Um, well, you said dingleberry, so I, I was like, I'm like dingleberry free for the first time in my life. Oh, thing of the past. <laughs> A dingle of the past. <laughs> no, I don't think they make uh, razors tough enough to get back through that hedge. <laughs> you're, you're, what are you? You're like Italian, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So you're probably just covered in hair. Uh, it, it's honestly weird. It, it's very spotty in places. <laughs> like my chest is not that hairy. It's like I, normal. You know what I mean? Like you have some hair on it, but it's not like, um, you know, like I, I could easily put a gold chain across my chest and, and not. <laughs> I could see you with a gold chain. Oh my God. My, my brother used to wear one and I'm like, listen, <laughs> you, you can't have a last name that ends in O and wear a gold chain across your chest. I'm like, it's too much. Do you know what? It's funny you say that. 
but it's like I'm I'm I would say a strategically shaved gorilla. Strategically shaved gorilla. Yeah. I have patches that aren't hairy. I should get you should get business cards made and have that on the bottom of them. <laughs> but Shane Smith strategically <laughs> shaved gorilla. My buddy <laughs> shaves his entire body. Who's got that kind of time? Come yeah, on. Yeah, he's you know, he just likes no hair at all. None. And he tells me all the time mm-hmm. about, you know, the lack of hair. Because I'm interested. Sure. Right. Of course. What about his head? Is he just like he, sh- he doesn't like pic- he doesn't go bald, but he shaves it every like month or two. I'm picturing Danny DeVito in that Always Sunny episode. <laughs> where he's, yeah. he's covered in sanitizer. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> but my buddy is half. Uh, what is he? He's half. Not half, but the majority of his descent is Irish and Mexican. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's just a hairless Mexican running around. <laughs> I think that's just called a chihuahua. <laughs> I'm gonna start calling him that. But it's funny because like his hair, it grows like uh, it's like matted. It's like and he's got like a black person hair. You get what I mean? Like he needs like a pick. So he's got like, cubes on his head. He what? He's got cubes on his head. I mean, basically, and it's so funny when he grows it out because he grows like a little afro. And I'm like, what are you? What kind of amalgam of things are you? You're the weirdest person I've ever seen. Oh, I wish I could grow like an afro. That would be fucking awesome. Would nah. it, though? I could see uh, Shane with an afro. Maybe with yeah. afro. Like a black afro, but the same color beard. Huh? He, but he's got like a blonde beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in my defense it is more red than it is blonde but then, uh, uh, yeah, I've seen your beard chain yeah. in your defense I think it's a little more gray than it is red yeah fuck you Mike fuck you Ryan <laughs> screw you hey, all I ask is does the curtains match the drapes I didn't insult you no my pubes are not ginger ginger Shane goes for hardwood <laughs> <laughs> But, um, no, years ago, I, I had to shave all my hair off about 12 years ago, 11 years ago, when I broke my elbow. Because um, I couldn't do anything. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> I, need a, I need a little bit more explanation on that. <laughs> I fell over and broke my elbow. Okay. And I couldn't. This was, this was what, 2009? 2000, yeah, it was 2009. So I hadn't been... Uh, I'd been on UHM about a year or so, and um, I think there was a few people who were making jokes about being a com- me being a complete invalid because I'd broken my elbow and I couldn't write, I couldn't do anything. And um, yeah, I basically I fractured the radius in my elbow in two places, and had my arm in a sling for two weeks. So couldn't actually write anything. And if I did, I literally virtually had to lay down just to type with my right hand. So you decided but, um, to shave your head? Well, yeah, because I couldn't actually wash it with one hand. It was just too fucking stressful. So I went from having shoulder length hair to no hair at all. That makes sense. Cause I mean, getting the soap on the one hand with your one hand, man, that must've yeah. been a nightmare. 
Yeah. So I went from bite it with your teeth. <laughs> put the soap in your mouth before you go in the shower, and then just spit it out in your hand when you're ready to wash your hair. In my head, and I hope for the best. I'm glad we had this talk. Yeah, I'm very pleased with the outcome of this. But uh, yeah, no, I, I can't. I, I'm kind of glad I shaved it all off because it's less maintenance. I don't have to worry about it anymore. I was thinking like, about know. just going bald. Because I'm out of work, it's like who's gonna? No one's hiring me now. I, I, guess, I, should, I should just do things that I normally wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Just do it. All right. Yeah, I've been I've been really considering it too because I still haven't gone to get a haircut. So, it's it's a mop, man. It's so fucking long. It's like when I was in uh, like middle school and had a bowl cut. <laughs> I could I could honestly do it again right now. Just... Look like look like Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. I was gonna, oh, yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say Dwayne Dibley from um Red Dwarf. It might have been before my time, Shane. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan agrees. <laughs> <laughs> check out just check out Dwayne Dibley. Google Dwayne Dibley. I don't know about this. Dwayne Diddley? Shane. Dibley. Dibley. D-I-double-B-L-Y. <laughs> Dwayne Dibley. Okay. And I said Diddley. Hey, this guy. Look at this guy. <laughs> yes. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's... Yeah, that's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Holy shit! All right, let's let's start this fucking disaster of a podcast. Hey! That we do. Oh my god! Oh fucking mess! Hey Dwayne! Re- All right, everybody. <laughs> what? Is it okay, Dwayne? Relax. Yes, I will. <laughs> <coughs> Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, the UHM Horror Podcast, with your hosts, Ryan, Shane, and Mike. Welcome to All You Need Is Blood, episode 87, the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. I'm your host, Ryan Tudelo, and joining me are my co-hosts, Mike Whittemore and Shane Smith. Fellas, how are we doing today? I'm here. Yeah. All right. (laughs) We've made it. We've shaved some of us. Completely, in some cases. (laughs) Ass crack and all. Go, Mike. Oh, man, that's great. (laughs) Is it just the crack, or is there more going? Like, (laughs) Did you go for the the complaint? Do you want me to go into detail? Are we talking just like a big bald bullseye and then everything else around it's covered in hair? I mean, I. All right. So what I do is I. <laughs> I go down. I, so I pull my balls up. I go down underneath oh front ways God. and I spread my front cheeks ways. and then I go on each side of the taint. Mm-hmm. Right. So otherwise, I go on the inside. Otherwise known as the gooch. The gooch, right. Right. Yeah. 
The medical term. <laughs> the proper medical scientific term. So yeah, and then I, you know, then I look at the hair and I'm like, oh man, that's a lot. And then I keep looking at it, and then when I get no hair, I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> no one's looking at that's it now. Amazing. It's only me, so what's the matter? That's it could amazing. look like a Picasso painting down there for all I know. Oh my god. Hey, can you check this out? See if this looks all right. Yeah. That's why the cat, you know. Oh. Yeah, of course. This is the best opener ever. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> on the podcast, if you haven't listened to it before, we like to discuss horror movies, talk shit to each other, various other nonsense, including but not limited to music, movies, games, comics, whatever else happens to come up. Again, we're the official podcast of UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. Yeah, to frights to absolute horror. And he has to hear this. <laughs> uh, if you want to reach the podcast, our Gmail, all you need is blood pod at gmail.com. The Facebook group, all you need is blood. Instagram account, all you need is blood podcast. And if you're listening to us, it's going to be on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, something else maybe. Type in all you need is blood and subscribe and rate. In the app, whoa! Uh, I don't, I don't know why, but every podcast I listen to says to do that. So hit, smash that like, hit the bell, hit the bell, ring the bell. We're not on YouTube, but hit the bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna want to know when those episodes come out because they come out once every six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you know what? This is brilliant because I've literally got tears rolling down my cheeks. I'm laughing so fucking much. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, oh yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, we got everything. We got grooming tips. We've got me burping the mic. I've got Shane rolling cigarettes. And now I hear my own voice coming back through Shane's microphone. Oh, what again? Fucking piece of shit. Fuck's sakes. You have to just turn me down a little bit, Shane. <laughs> um, hold on. Let me. Oh, for fuck's sake. Episode 87, folks. <laughs> We're back. God damn it. Uh... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we good? <laughs> the hell's going I don't know. know <laughs> Can I hear myself talk back? I don't know. No, we're okay, good. we're good. Right. All right. Cool. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right, Shane, let's start with you, buddy. We haven't heard from you in a while. So, uh, is there anything uh anything been going on recently you any any uh Movies or music or books you've been getting into? Uh, I've been listening to loads of music. I've actually been um, going old school, listening to lots of Wasp, White Snake, fucking Poison, and loads of old school hair metal. You know, I, don't ask me why. I'm just, I just have been. Um, so, like, uh, what else has been going on? Fucking, yeah, loads of music. Been watching films. Um, you know, in the illegal sense, um, because I can't get to the fucking cinema and I don't download shit or I don't stream shit. If you know, what I, mean. oh, I, it's, I don't pay to stream shit basically. But um, 
uh, I'm trying to think what did I watch the other day. It was good, whatever it was. But yeah, I've been kind of back buying loads of back catalogue albums again as well. Um, I've not even bought any new albums as such, not by new artists. I think the last one I bought was Ghost. Um, but that's it, you know, just fucking being my normal self, sleeping, smoking, abusing the cat. No, not really abusing the cat. He abuses me. Um, and trying to avoid the human race. Because lockdown... Same as always. Yeah, huh? lockdown sucks. Although we did have a buddy come around the other night to watch Midnight Meat Train because he'd never seen it. And I just pitched, purchased it on Blu-ray and it got towards the end of the film and the movie skipped. Oh no! So it's it literally skipped half a chapter. So I was pissed. Um, thankfully, well, actually, oddly enough, it was a second-hand copy that I got off from Amazon, and it didn't cost me as much as I thought it would. It only cost me six pounds, but they releasing the new. Uh, there's a new version of it coming out, which is going to cost thirty-five pounds for the release, and I'm like. Fuck you! I'm not paying that. As much as I like the film, there's no way I'm paying thirty-five quid for a fucking Blu-ray release. Yeah, I don't think it's worth that much. No, but um, looks like I might have to send that fucker back and either get a refund or get a new copy. Mm-hmm. So that's pissed me off a little bit. Um, I have been listening to a lot of like old Marilyn Manson stuff. Um. Standard Nine Inch Nails and The Cure. Actually, I have been listening to a lot of The Cure recently. Um, considering selling some of my vinyl. Um, oh, yeah? Yes, Mike. I've got a couple of pieces that um, I'm considering selling. But I shall get back to you on that. I'll let you know which ones. Absolutely. I got like three people selling me their records because <laughs> everyone's really? like in the process of getting rid of all their physical <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, give me them. I will take all of them. I don't plan on getting rid of all my physical stuff. It's just there's a couple of soundtrack albums that I've bought that I can't remember why I bought them. And I'm thinking maybe I could get a few few quid for those because um, I did sell some vinyl. I think it was earlier last year, uh, earlier this year, actually. And I got like £120 for like three pieces. So that was pretty good. I'm not expecting that much, you know. I mean, they've, they've been open, they've, ne- they've never been played. So it's that kind of deal. You know, I've opened them to check the vinyl itself, but they've never been played. But that's about it. But saying that, I do have a double picture disc of Krampus soundtrack I am considering getting rid of. The, uh, what's it called? The waxwork? Is it? Mm. Yeah, picture discs are cool, but they play like garbage. Yeah, they do. Because the whole, the whole, all the grooves and everything has got a picture on it. So it doesn't really play right. I only have a couple picture discs. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. It goes back from like fucking 
like the early 80s as well, when, or 70s and 80s when they used to do picture discs, because <clears throat> the quality of them were never as good as what they were on black vinyl. Coloured vinyl played great. It was just the picture discs themselves. The quality is just so poor. Sweet. How about you, Mike? You be getting into anything recently? I've been buying way too many albums. Like, I've got like 10 albums pre-ordered, and I'm so stupid for doing it, but I can't stop. Um, I got nothing else to do, so I've been just like pre-ordering new albums, especially from a uh, record label called 20 Bucks Spin. They like every release they put out is just amazing. They put out a album by this band called Void Ceremony, and it's like one of my favorite albums this year now. I just picked up a uh, band called Althar. They're really good. Um, I've got like two more albums by them or uh, by the label coming. Other than that, I've just been like, I review music now. I've been doing that for a while. Uh, just kind of sit down, like listen to an album and just kind of like, like I'm trying to go through all my albums and like rate them for myself. And so I like sit down and I listen to it and I like review it. And then I give it a rating and I put it into like a, like an Excel document. And I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm just like, just doing it for the hell of it. And then to, don't they have websites for, like for that? Well, so I, I usually use this one website called the metal archives. It's like all metal bands and you can write reviews on them and stuff, but I'm not sure if I could do it. I don't know. I just have like a simple Excel document and it's just like the band, like when it came out, when the album came out and like the rating I'd give it. And I could kind of see like what my top rated albums are of each year and stuff. It's just a real simple uh, document. And then with that, like I've also been starting my 365 days of horror again, because why not? I should have started this when I first got laid off, but I didn't think about it really. Um, but yeah, I need I, I, as my layoff goes on i need more and more distractions from like everyday life so i was like hey why not you know waste an hour and a half or three hours each day and uh so yeah I've, i'm like up to like nine movies in like seven days six days or whatever so nice. it's like a win-win either i get called back to work and i really have to cut this short <laughs> or i go the entire year and like feel miserable in a year from now <laughs> so, so yeah it's, but you'll have got those movies yeah then. yeah I, I i mean it sounds shitty but like it's hard for me to like watch old like like purposely crappy movies on my own like if i'm not doing like a 365 days of horror type thing like i'm mm -hmm. I, last night i watched uh What's it called? Blood Orgy of the She Devils. It was like made in 1973. It's like an hour and 15 minutes. It was on Tubi. I was like, whatever. It's, you know, I'm going to watch it. It was terrible. But like, I wouldn't watch that on my own. I'm not just going to be like flipping through. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this. It's like, it's a horror movie. It's short. It's like, whatever. So I don't know. Hard to explain, but yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of understand that. Like, when you have, oh, I need to watch something yeah. and I'll watch this. It gives you a reason to watch it. Mm -hmm. Like I even find that just doing that for this show. Like, oh hell yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I I'm like, oh, I gotta watch some movies, and I'll like sit down and force myself to watch movies, and then I'm like, oh wow, I'm really glad I watched oh, exactly. that, even if I didn't like love yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's exactly why I like like re like doing like podcast prep and watching fifty percent of the movies I watched yesterday were great, and the other fifty percent were not so great. But yeah, I'll get into that later. <laughs> 
As I always say, Mike, you have to keep your meter calibrated. You won't know a good movie if you don't exactly. watch a bad movie. That's true. It's very true. Awesome. All right, let's see myself. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this whole like year has just been one giant pile of shit in my life. So we decided to uh, improve it a little bit, and Lisa and I adopted a kitten. Yay! Hey, so we got her. She's a uh, Siamese. She's young. She's got one eye Aww. to fit in with the uh, to fit in with the crew <laughs> at the house. Belle's jealous. And, oh yeah. Uh, the only unfortunate thing is that she tested positive for uh, feline leukemia, um, which is bad. And we don't know how long she'll live. Like it could be. You know, two or three years. It could be ten years. It all depends on how you know bad her symptoms and stuff are. It's one of those diseases where it's sort of like HIV, where oh yeah, maybe she'll be okay if she doesn't get other things that stack on top of it. But when other things come on, then it gets worse. So, you know, we're playing. We're just having fun with her and enjoying it. So it's it. She's actually been a huge bright side in this house. You know, some some joy is always good. Uh, let's see what else have I been doing. I finished Doom Eternal again, second time. Um, love it. Love it even more now. Like, like once I have, you know, the combat and movement down on it, I'm just like, oh, I love the way this game feels. It's just beautiful. Uh, let's see. I started watching Naked and Afraid, and it is the trashiest reality TV you could find. You ever seen this one, Mike? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. <laughs> Alright, so here's the premise. Every episode, two people get dropped off in some uh, horrible environment, whether it's like the Amazon or the Sahara or uh, like in a swamp in Louisiana, and they're, they, they're absolutely butt naked. It's a man and a woman every time, and they have to survive for 21 days in the wilderness with only, they get to choose one item they bring with, with themselves. And it's horrible. It's like just the dumbest thing, but you can't stop watching it because everybody does something stupid and you're like, oh, I love this. I love it so much. <laughs> so uh, it, it's it's a really good brainless. I could put this on and not really pay attention. And then you see somebody walking through the woods and being like, oh, a mushroom. I think I'll <laughs> eat this. And you're like, don't eat the mushrooms. That's like rule number one. <laughs> hey, eat the mushrooms. You might have an hallucinatory experience. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll just die. One of the two. <laughs> Tripping out is always fun. Oh man! Uh, other than that, I did watch Fang Boner. Finally, popped my disc in. How was that? And it is. It is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> That's the best way I could describe it. Fang Boner. Yes. The, the plot of Fang Boner is that. Uh, some guy um, hooks up with a girl and uh, gets infected with uh, some sort of disease that makes him crave blood, uh, but he can only drink blood from crotches. Huh? And <laughs> and uh, if he sur- if the, the person survives, they become infected, and they have to start drinking blood from crotches, but they can't drink each other's blood. Of course. So that would be have, way too they silly. They have to team up. Oh, yeah, and I have to team up and, like, kill a bunch of people and drink their blood out of their crotches, and it is just absolutely ridiculous. There's It, it kind of reminds me of, like, a Frank Henelotter style. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like, really offensive, but um, still really funny. Like, there's one part, they get this hooker, and she's like, 
you know, they're they're picking up hookers so they can whatever, just like get rid of people and take their crotch blood. And um, she's like, "Oh, before we get down to business, I need you to play with my toy with me." And she pulls out this thing, and it's a baby Jesus butt plug. Oh my god! <laughs> and she's like, she's like, "Oh baby, shove your religion right up my ass!" And you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> oh, merciless. So it's um, definitely one of the, uh, the highest quality film you could have imagined uh, from what we were reading up. But on, you, like. you would you recommend it? Um, <laughs> if if it sounds like something you're interested in, yes. If you hear that and say, "Get that movie away from me," then you won't like it. I got you. It's really stupid jokes. Everything's vulgar. You know, you have to have sort of a uh, a lowbrow mind going into it. Uh, but, you know, if you could get into that kind of stuff, it's it's worth checking out. Sounds like my kind of movie. Oh, yeah, Shane. Based on that last one you talked about with the strip club. And, <laughs> yeah. Because uh... <laughs> let's fight. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch that one, but I imagine this is somewhere around on par with that. No, seriously, that movie was only worth it for the post credit scene. Oh, okay. And if anybody's going to watch that movie, I can't even remember the name of the fucking film. Um yeah, right. <laughs> um, if anybody uh, goes back to the last podcast I did where I talked about a movie in a strip club with zombie or infected people, um, just watch, don't even watch the whole film. Just skip to the end credits and just watch the post-credit scheme because it's worth it. There you go. So, yeah, that's about it for me. That's all I've been doing recently. Um Let's say we go into our brand new segment, Mike, that we now do every single time. <laughs> you can insert our news. You can insert the that has our, thing. It has our own news theme. Oh, you didn't listen to the last episode, Shane? Oh yeah, I think I did. Yeah. What well, what news segment did I miss out on? The news. Oh. The news. <laughs> And, and Val was kind enough to give us a, uh, a whole intro theme for it, which is going to be played right here. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, I got to get like a soundboard or something and figure out a way to get it. To, because I could, I, what I could do is I could actually play it on the computer, but you guys wouldn't be able to hear it. I'd have to somehow get it to go through my microphone. Oh, man, that's funny. I, I, I'd have to buy like additional setup stuff for that. And I'm not No, sure. I wouldn't either. <laughs> All right, guys, here's a couple news topics we got. Uh, this one comes in from The Hollywood Reporter. Another VHS film is coming, VHS 94. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I saw this thing somewhere. Uh, yep. I think somebody mentioned it about being a reboot or something. And how. I mean, a what are the, the other ones are like sequels to each other, right? Well, yeah. But no, so I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Lizzie. Um, on, from who used to be on UHM years ago, I think she posted mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, and... they said that they were going to try to reboot it. I read an article yeah. on it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So I mean, I I enjoyed most of those. I never watched that last one, VHS Viral, but I like the other two. Those don't uh, Viral is man. That movie was garbage. 
Really? Like the first two do a really good job of, you know, having like a found footage element, but there's like one or two stories in the last one that were like pretty solid, but there was like also one story that involved a magician that they like threw away the whole found footage thing. And like it just really bugged me. Like they couldn't do it in a found footage setting. They had like you know, like go normal filmmaking and I'm like, why am I watching this? <laughs> but I'm open to a new one. I love like VHS two is like one of my favorite anthologies. I love that movie. Yeah, so the the uh, some of the directors they got on already on here are uh, Simon Barrett, who directed Your Next and The Guest. Yeah, he did one of them in the first one, I thought too, right? Yep, yeah, I think he's a producer on this uh, this one as well. Um, some Indonesian horror filmmaker Timo. Holy crap, I'm not going to be able to pronounce. That's that. a weird name. Ch- Timo T- Chajanto. Timo T I M O. Uh, T I M O. And T J A H J A N T. Oh, it says he directed. Uh, yeah, the Netflix film "The Night Comes for Us." He directed VHS two. He did the Safe Haven. Oh. Okay. Well, how is that possible? I thought Safe Haven was awesome. Yeah, but I thought uh, what's his face did Safe Haven? Hold on. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Gareth Evans also did Safe Haven. Oh, they do like a combo. I guess it? so. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, Safe Haven is like so, one of my favorite segments of that thing, so I'm pretty excited. Oh yeah, I, I told my, I, I was just talking about VHS two to my brother yesterday, and I told him I said, listen, he only watched the first one. He said, ah, it was all right. I said, listen, watch two, but there's really one segment you have to watch. It's the best. It's the best of all of them. Yeah, in my opinion. So, yeah, and they're currently looking for more people to jump on board uh, for the next VHS. I think it'll be all right. I like having. An anthology series that comes out, I think that's kind of yeah. cool. We need more like we'll good anthology movies. I like, man, I, uh, it's hard to put into words, but like, I love a good anthology. It's like 15, 20 minute, 30 minute, maybe like segment. Yeah. You know, it's perfectly paced. It's, it's awesome. So cool. Yeah, there's so many movies that I watch <laughs> that I'm like, all right, this is a good idea, but it's not an hour and a half good exactly. idea. Exactly. It would be like a great half hour good idea. So. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, this one's not horror related, but it's still fucking awesome. A new rumor coming in from the new Flash movie has Michael Keaton reprising his role as Batman. Man, I am moist when I heard that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I got a little bit moist when I heard that. Um, and then, thanks to the joy of media, um, one of the one of the shitty newspapers in the UK decided to add on top of that that Michelle Pfeiffer may be interested in reprising Catwoman. Um, yeah, I don't need that. Um, <laughs> excuse me, motherfucker. <laughs> Catwoman made that movie for me. She made Actually, that, that was my first boner. <laughs> Michael Keaton? <laughs> <laughs> That's something about that mask, man. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember watching Batman Returns, and I was like, "What the hell's going on in my body?" Like Michelle Pfeiffer, oh man. My God. That was my first. So much. Leather. That was my first love, next to Ariel from Little Mermaid. But yeah, of course. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, uh, I think when it comes to British newspapers, um, it was just an article I saw online um, because they're so full of lies and hate. I avoid reading them all the fucking time. But when I saw that. And they said, oh, yeah, and Michelle Pfeiffer could be, might be interested. And it was like, hang on. It was only announced yesterday Michael Keaton was on board. 
um, how did they find out about Michelle Pfeiffer? I'm pretty sure that mm. they just made that up just to get people excited. But if Michelle Pfeiffer does come back, I will be happy. I mean, I think this is brilliant because this movie, it's, it's been in production for about 200 years and it's had, it's on its 30,000th director right now. Jesus. Like it, it, it has literally gone through at least 10 different directors for this flash movie. And, uh, you know, you're, I'm ready to just be like, well, I'm not watching this. This movie's going to be a big pile of crap. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, Michael Keaton's going to be Batman. I'm like, okay, you got me. I'm in. It makes you think, like, are they, man, I hope they don't, but, like, would they try to expand that mythology? And, like, makes you think, too, like, if Michael Keaton's willing to come back for that, would they do, like, a Batman Beyond-type movie where he's, like, an older, oh like, God. Bruce Wayne? Would be kind of neat. Oh, um, now I just got a boner, Mike. <laughs> Jesus. I would really love, I'd love to see them do Red Rain. The Batman vs. Red Rain? Oh, that's where Batman's a vampire? Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. I would love for it, though, because that was one of my favorite graphic novels. So they think the reason this, like, happened was because uh, last year... All the CW shows, they have all their superhero shows. They do a big crossover every year. And last year's, they had like the biggest crossover they ever did. And the, and they're jumping universes all over the place. And they visited a universe that had like Mark Hamill as the Joker. Right. And um, uh, the guy that voices Batman in the cartoons playing an old Bruce Wayne. And then like I, I, they had like this spe- uh, uh, a spoiler towards the end of it. Uh, the Flash in the TV show crosses over with the Flash from the DC movies, and he shows up, and everyone's like, oh my god, they got the the guy from the movies in here? So now they're like, oh, maybe they'll just do this whole big universe-jumping thing where they could do whatever version of Batman and anything they want, which is pretty fucking cool. That's really neat. So I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for Michael Keaton. I think that's going to be great. Something I may not be pumped for, uh, Screen 5 casting is underway. Looking to hit theaters in 2021. See, I like screen movies. I always have done, apart from three. That sucked. Oh, three is terrible. Yeah, um, four I thought was awesome, if only for um, what's her face? Uh, Emily Roberts. When she fucked herself up towards the end of the film, that was just awesome. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed the screen movies. Um, so I look forward to seeing what they're going to do with it. Uh, are you excited to have David Arquette reprise his his role as Dewey? Well, it wouldn't be the same if they didn't. If you know what I mean, you know, it's like even if it's just to kill off the original three, you know, in this movie, I mean, it would be, it wouldn't be the same to not have one of the original three in it. And I know Nev Campbell has been in talks about potentially coming back as well. What the hell else is she doing? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still like, I I think I just don't care. Like, the Scream movies were big when they came out because there was this big parody and the resurgence of the slasher and all that. And since then, the slasher has come and gone at least twice. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we really need to do this again? I, mean, I guess, whatever, just go I like my slasher movies. I always have done. Um, and because I'm that old... Um, I actually went and saw the screen movies at the theaters when they first came out in 96, 97, 98. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, for me, it was a big deal back in the day. Um, but I'd be, I would be interested to see how they, how they do this one, especially if they do decide to kill off the original cast. 
because they were meant to do it with the last one with number four they weren't meant to kill the original cast off but yeah. something I think Wes Craven because that was one of the last films that Wes Craven did um, I he didn't direct that did he yeah he had he had a very heavy hand in that and the, in, oh, okay. in Scream 4 I think it's a produ- maybe it's a I thought he did direct it yeah, yeah, really? he did direct it. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I thought Scream Four had some fantastic gore scenes in it. Four was definitely better than three, without a doubt. I mean, if only it was better. Than, uh, the only redeeming feature about three was, um, well, not even the soundtrack actually. The <laughs> Jane Silent Bob. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's it. That was a fantastic little fucking throw in that. I love that. Oh my god. Alright, so we got Scream coming back. Also coming back from Bruce Campbell himself, a new Evil Dead film, fellas. Evil Dead Rise. Joy. And according to Bruce, uh, this is not going to be a cabin in the woods, and it will feature all new characters, new heroes and heroines. And there's a rumor going around from uh, Bloody Disgusting that it might take place in a skyscraper. Instead of like out in the woods. Well, that'd be interesting. So, yeah, maybe we'll get like a Demons Two type situation. <laughs> that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. If, so, I don't. I, don't I, I really don't have much faith in Sam Raimi anymore. Oh, he's not directing oh. it. If, uh, I don't know if they announced who's going to direct it. Uh, somebody else. He's already said he wants to hand the Evil Dead, you know, movies to a new director like almost every time. So I think I lost my faith in Sam Raimi after watching Drag Me to Hell. I was just gonna say that, but like that was my moment where I was like, I'm done. That that movie was so bad. The only good- you didn't make it through James Franco and The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I never even watched. I never even attempted to watch that. No, I never. I never watched it. <laughs> the only good thing about Drag Me to Hell was the possessed goat. And the punch up with the gypsy lady in the car park. <laughs> oh my god, that was fun. Yeah, they were the only decent fucking things in that movie, but that possessed goat got me fucking roaring with laughter. I'll never get why they did so much CGI in that. That's movie. what got me. Like the the physical like scenes where there was like actual like effects, those were great looking. And then all of a sudden it's just like overdubbed with all of this CGI. It was it just ruined it for me. Plus the story was so bad. Yeah, I don't want to get into it, but like, like when he drops all the envelopes, or when she drops all the envelopes in the car, I just guess the ending. I'm like, please be something different, and then it wasn't. And I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> nope. This is so dumb. What got me though was the fact that they had they tagged it as Sam Raimi's return to horror. I'm like, really? That's not even fucking horror movie. And the certificate, the certificate when it got released in the UK. Was a twelve certificate. It wasn't yeah, even. Yeah, it, was, it, it was PG thirteen. Yeah. yeah, I just couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, a twelve certificate horror. Are you having a fucking laugh? And I got my copy of that free at a horror convention. <laughs> oh, I, I, what did I do? I think I had like a, a raffle or something, and they pulled my number, and they were like, "Okay, you get to reach in this box and pull out something." So I pulled out. <laughs> well, uh, I'm like, "Okay, this is a DVD." Obviously, I could feel it, and I'm like, "Here we go." I open it up, and I'm like. Oh, all right. right. Uh, So that's what we got, fellas. New Evil Dead. We'll see what happens. 
Uh, other news, less, um, well, I, was, I probably should have ended on a better topic, but <laughs> less joyful news. Uh, we had a couple passings. Um, director Joel Schumacher and uh, actor Ian Holm both passed away since we last recorded. Yeah. So I thought we'd uh, maybe go into some of their films, do a little back and forth, um, you know, see what we thought of both. Uh. Um, you guys want to start with Joel Schumacher? Sure. Sure. So I didn't really like um, write down a ton of stuff for all of his movies. Only the ones that I thought were, you know, I guess standouts. You could say ones that sort of made their mark. And when we, we when we talked about doing this topic, I'm not gonna lie. Initially, I was like, oh, Joel Schumacher. Like, <sighs> all right, let's we'll do it. But then after like watching three or four of the movies, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so glad we're doing this. Like. <laughs> This guy's career is fucking nuts. The, the the different kinds of movies that he makes is just off the wall. Everything from, like, action to comedy to horror to uh, thrillers and, like, romantic stuff. It's so weird, the shit that he, do- that he got into. Like, the, just, you know, a prolific director almost. And he touches every genre. Um, so who wants to start? Has anyone got a movie they want to talk about? I mean, I, I, mean, I could start, I guess. Sure. So, I mean, I don't know if you're going to eh, I'll wait on that one because you may talk about it. But I'll, today I just watched uh, the number 23. The Jim Carrey movie. Yes. Hmm. So, yeah, I was I was I've been wondering how this movie was going to be for a while now. I obviously love Jim Carrey. I grew up through the 90s. So it's like, you know, he was my 90s. So. This movie came out in 2007, always flew under my radar. I was like, ah, I don't think so. But it was directed by Joel Schumacher. Um, it was actually, uh, oh, that's the wrong wrong notes. Silly <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, but it was still directed by Joel Schumacher. It stars Jim Carrey, Virginia Madsen, Logan Lerman, and Danny Houston. And the plot is a story about a man who is reflecting on his most recent decisions. He was bit by a dog, late to talk to his wife, and then she bought him a book called The Number 23. He then starts to see The Number 23 in everyday life and is obsessed with the number. He sees, like, anything. He'll be like, oh, uh, you know, T is number 20, and, you know, C is number 3. Put them together, it's 23. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And if that sounded annoying to you, amplify that by about an hour and a half and like towards the end even me was like looking at like this rain energy drink can next to me i'm like let's see r-e-i-g you know and i'm like oh Oh, god but uh i mean it wasn't a terrible movie but it was made in 2007 and it's psychological horror movie obviously so like once you've seen certain psych- psychological horror movies, you can kind of guess how this is going to end up. Um, there's a cool scene where he's looking in a mirror and Virginia Matson's in front of him. And he like puts his arm around her and he goes to slit her throat only for her to turn around and there's nothing on her neck. So it was just like something in his head. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but Jim Carrey and Virginia Matson are really good in this movie. Like, they have zero yeah. chemistry together, but like on their own, they're great. Like I love both of these people. Um, and it actually looked like they gave a crap about the movie. It wasn't just like a, Oh, this is just a horror movie. I'm not going to take it seriously type thing. Um, like I said, the story is so, 
so overly predictable. But yeah. but the reason why I watched it is for, you know, Joel Schumacher's directing, which I do enjoy. Um, I watched two other movies of his. Uh, one was uh, Falling Down. I watched that last night. Oh, man. And that was... Yeah, and that was the first time I watched it. I rented it off of uh, Amazon. Really? Yeah, I'd never seen it before. And I was like, man, this is really like well-directed. And then the other movie that I watched as well was also really well-directed. I'm like, man, this is like, he's got like good good atmosphere, you know, he builds. And I don't know, this one was is good direction, but like everything else is real. Like, the oh, man, the writing is real bad and... I, I wouldn't really recommend this, and I obviously wouldn't recommend this to anybody who's like looking for a Joel Schumacher movie to watch because, like, maybe in 2007 you weren't really expecting a lot. But if you are used to horror movies and used to psychological horror movies, then you're gonna see like the ending coming from a mile away, and it's just kind of tedious. He's constantly writing stuff on his arm, like, oh, you know, uh, my birthday is this, this, and that, and that's equals to 23. Some cool things about it, though, what I liked was the way Schumacher sets up these camera shots where there's like numbers in the background that Jim Carrey doesn't notice, but they add up to 23. Like they show like yeah. his like Jeep and I think his Jeeps, oh, I forget what his Jeep said, but the numbers on his Jeep license plate or his car license plate added up to 23. And then there's also letters that has T and C and that adds up to, tw- it's like little stuff like that makes you like, I wonder if that adds up to 23, you know? And then like, he's looking at knives in the store and it's like $32. It's 23 backwards. And I was like, ah, that's kind of cool. You know, that's the kind of stuff I appreciate. But like, other than that, it was like the, the, the story is real weak. Yeah, the whole movie's filled with stuff like that. Like, he wakes up at one point, and his alarm clock it's 11, is, like, 11-12, and you're like, oh, 11 2-3, got yep. it. Uh, so there's a whole ton of stuff like that. Have you looked at the IMDb trivia for this? No. Okay, I'm just going to read a few, just because it's going to get annoying if I do more than that, <laughs> but you have to just listen to a couple of them. All right, Jim Carrey was paid exactly $23 million to act in the oh movie. Oh, my God. This is the 23rd Joel Schumacher project. The DVD contains exactly 23 chapters. The DVD length is 1 hour, 41 minutes, 8 seconds. 14 plus 1 plus 8 equals 23. <laughs> uh, there's there's a string of these. There's got to be like 100 of them that are all related to the number 23. IMDb lists this movie. Uh, number 23, 2007. 2 plus 3 plus 2 plus 0 plus 0 plus 7 equals 14. There are 9 letters in the number. 14 plus 9 is 23. <laughs> Yeah, the names Jim Carrey and Joel Schumacher add up to twenty three letters. Oh, it's it's so funny. There's there's just a million of them on here, and I, I guess that's just because uh, the numbers two and three are like the two most divisible numbers, basically, mm-hmm. and they like everything adds up to them, and you can find some way to make them a combination. So it, it's just if you look at this list, it's crazy. But I yeah, I watched this movie too, mm-hmm. like, and my favorite part of the film was the tone so it really had that almost like i'm not gonna say seven but it had that really dark oh, right like, gritty like it felt really weird but i agree though the plot itself you know what's gonna happen once you if you're paying attention to the movie you're like all right obviously i know where this is going let's go like let's let's get to it and 
all the, the I don't know if you call them flashbacks or whatever. The he's he's picturing the ongoings of the book and I felt he's I, playing the main character. Virginia Madsen's playing a character. Yeah. You're like all right, I kind of know. Where I this felt is like going. that was a real detriment to the movie. Like I was not convinced of Jim Carrey being covered in tribal tattoos and playing a <laughs> cop. You know, I mean Virginia Madsen. I'll take any day of the week with what she played but like him i'm like i don't know man this is like he tried it was like too overacting but i think maybe that was the point he was much better as as the dog catcher you know a little bit goofy playing sort of jim carrey but in a serious manner and uh, he does really well i agree with you on this like in in this movie on you know playing the main character i think he does an excellent job and it's he's intense at times and he sort of plays into his um, his strengths, you mm-hmm. know. So, yeah, uh, not not Schumacher's best, I agree, but I still enjoyed it. I was glad that I watched it because, like you, I never, I didn't see it. Like I, I don't know if I've been putting it off or I just never got to it. But yeah, it was kind of interesting. Shane, did you watch any Schumacher films? I haven't watched any Schumacher films because I've seen quite a few over the years. But with number twenty three, I can remember watching it. A good few years ago now, actually. Um, And I remember enjoying it. Uh, I just found it... um, It was very... It was very dark and gritty. And seeing Jim Carrey kind of slightly lose his marbles throughout the entire film, I thought was quite interesting, because I'd never seen him in a role like that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was was quite a good film. If you hear anything in the background, Ziggy eating his dinner. (laughs) <laughs> oh, delicious! Yeah, he's just woken up as well. So, well, along with the dark and gritty Mike, I also watched Eight Millimeter. I was gonna watch that, but I didn't have time. I hear that's good. Um, I, watched, I saw that in theaters, and that was the only time I saw it. Okay, yeah, it had been years since I watched this, and I remember like really liking it. And while there were still some parts that I liked, again, the best part about this movie is the tone. This one is very much like Seven, where it's just gross. Like, you watch the movie, and it feels dirty. It just feels, like, disgusting. The places Nicolas Cage is going, he plays a um, uh, a private detective who's um, this, this old lady. Her husband passes, and she finds this mysterious 8mm film in a safe. And she plays it, and it appears to be a woman being murdered on film, like it's a snuff film. So they hire Nicolas Cage to go investigate, find out if the film is real, and get to the bottom of what happened. And he gets into this gross, seedy underbelly of, like, VHS porn in in the early 90s. It's disgusting. <laughs> like, just the places that he goes and the people he meets. It's so... It's done very well. And I think picking somebody like Nicolas Cage... Where, you know, he always plays like that kind of guy who's right on the fucking line of losing his mind at any moment is is a really good choice in this. And I I like this one. Yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, My only gripe was that I thought it was about half an hour too long. I I will always say that because I thought just when the film was about to finish, it started up again. I was like, really? What the fuck? You know? Yeah, there's kind of, you're right. There's kind of two climaxes that it goes through. Um, but I thought it was, I thought the whole idea behind the film was like just investigating, like, if snuff movies actually existed. Because I can remember at the time there was a big, there was a big thing in the press about snuff movies. 
Um, and it all kind of tied in with 8mm as well. Uh, mm. But yeah, well, yeah, it was a very dark, disturbing movie. It was very, it was very, yeah, it was gritty. It was, it was disgusting and gross in places. Um, also had Joaquin Phoenix in it as well. Uh, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, what's his face? The other guy that was in it. James too. Gandolfini. But James Gandolfini, yep. And um, uh, what the hell's the guy's name? Um, Norman Reedus is in it too. Yeah. So, so I mean, so, it's a great, it's a good film. It's you have to be in a really, really, um, kind of stable mindset to watch it. <laughs> stable mindset. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, I went with a couple of friends to see it in the theatres when it first came out. Because it was like, oh, new Nicolas Cage movie, 8mm, could be good. And then I walked out afterwards thinking, fuck, I feel depressed. You know? That actually depressed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, not a bad movie all round. But it has been, it's been a long, long time since I've watched it. I think it's worth a rewatch. Unlike the number 23, I don't think you can watch... 23 again once you've seen it and like you know where it's going i don't think it holds up but i i think you can watch eight millimeter a couple times over like it's it's just a good movie and even though if you know where it's going already like the ride is you know good enough that you want to take it again so i like this one i i i recommend it for schumacher going dark uh, what else you got, Mike? Um, so yesterday I watched this movie called Flatliners, which I obviously, I mean, I've never heard of before. I never knew. How you ne- First of all, how have you never heard of I don't of know. This? I never even knew this movie existed. And then I started. Have you heard of The Breakfast Club? I, mean, I don't like Breakfast Club. What? <laughs> but you've heard of it. Yes, yes, I have. But this one, like, uh, yeah, I was looking at the cast. And I'm like, wow, Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts, Kevin Bacon. You know, William Baldwin, Oliver Platt. And I'm like, man, this is pretty loaded up. So, yeah, I, uh, I found this movie illegally. And uh, it was directed by Joel Schumacher, obviously. It was actually partly produced by Michael Douglas, which is kind of neat. It's a psychological horror flick. Um, so the story is Kiefer Sutherland's character is trying to get some of the other top minds in this medical school which is, I guess, the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago, <laughs> um, to, yeah, right. <laughs> to uh, surgically kill him and then bring him back to life so he knows what's after death. Uh, after he wakes up, every other medical student in the little group that was involved in it uh, also wants to die, but they constantly are competing with one another, so who can go longer, who can die longer. Um, I like this movie, there was a lot of cool scenes where you wanted to know what each character's um, after death like image was going to be, like what they experienced, how they experienced death. I was really interested in each each one of them because they all have different backstory to them. So uh, it's got really solid acting. The acting is great in this. Uh, it's like really young Julie Roberts, really young Kiefer Sutherland. You know, obviously not Lost Boys, Kiefer Sutherland, but um, yeah. But there was a lot of a lot of scenes that stopped me from enjoying it too much. Uh, like the dialogue is pretty hammy at times. It's very dated. 
Uh, this came out in, I think, 1990. And... You know, there's times where Kiefer Sutherland's running around. He's like, "Ollie, Ollie, oxen free! If you step on a crack, you break your mother's back." And I'm like, "Okay." Um, that's what us. That's what us kids said back in the yeah, 80s. probably. But um, so another thing that got me was like every time they walked on the street, there's nobody in Chicago. Like they're going past the museum of science and industry and they're going on various streets and the only people who, apparently who live in chicago at nighttime are homeless people wanting to kill you so that took me out of it a bit um it's probably like joel schumacher made these you know isolated areas so these people going through this after death thing probably felt isolated that's what i'm gonna go with uh otherwise there's a scene where you know it's halloween and the museum of science industry is loaded up with people on the outside it's literally people dancing in front of the (laughs) in front of the building and outside the window a huge what appears to be a huge bonfire on the steps right um like i don't think they would let you light a fire no on the steps and you know i I, I, it's cool that it takes place in Chicago. You know, that I wasn't expecting that. Um, but the, the one last thing that really got me was the movie's a bit preachy, and I wasn't expecting it. Uh, and I'm a Christian, but at the same time, even when the movie ended, I'm like, this is a little much. It ends with, like, a picture of God and everything, and I was like, oh, man, this is... What the hell is going on over there? You didn't like the part where the atheist realizes that he was wrong. Oh man, time. that was that was oh, man. So Kevin Bacon, yeah, is, a, is an atheist, and the whole time he's like, "No, you know, you guys are full of crap. You guys didn't see anything. It was just electrical impulses in your brain and and stuff like that." Then he goes under and he sees that there is an afterlife, and he comes back, and now he believes in God and everything, and I'm. Man, it's just, it was a little too much. I think they could have did way different with the story. Um, a little heavy. It was, yeah, it was it was very heavy-handed. Um, but it did get nominated for an Oscar for Best Effects and Sound Effects Editing, which I didn't really notice, but that's cool. Effects? Yeah. What effects? I'm trying to, oh, just like the camera I think it's I think shit? it's Sound Effects Editing. Oh, okay. Um, uh, all right. Yeah, and I guess it was remade in 2015 or so with Ellen yeah. Page, and it's pretty <laughs> not really rated too well. But other than that, like I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't say it was the best movie I've ever seen, but it's a cool idea. Everybody's great in it. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah, games. it's it's a pretty good movie. What do you think of this one, Shane? I like Flatliners. I've always liked that movie. Um, I have to be in the mood to watch it, though. But, um, I mean, it was 30 years ago when it came out. So, and I remember going to see it in theatres because I am that old. Wow. <laughs> and I was two. Yeah, I was I was 16. Um, but, yeah. No, I always liked... Um, Always liked Flatliners. I, I own it on DVD. Um, avoided the remake like shit on a toilet seat because who would want to watch that? Let's face it, it looks awful. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this one, and I especially liked um, 
the bit with Kiefer Sutherland's um, when he his nightmare character, you know, or his death character, yeah. when um, he basically beats the living fuck out of him every time. He- I found I found those scenes hilarious. Yeah. Oh, those are like, hysterical. I probably I probably should not have been laughing, but I just couldn't help seeing a grown adult just have the living shit beaten out of him by a child. Yeah. I don't know why, man. I was just dying. I'm like, this is fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, but like another thing too is like the story doesn't really go anywhere. Like I would like so I guess this is gonna be minor spoilers if you haven't seen it, but so they find That's from nineteen ninety. Yeah. Everyone's seen this Mike. You're the <laughs> only one. So. But like so everyone goes under and they see that there's an afterlife. And that's it. Like nothing <laughs> They don't do anything. The whole time Kiefer Sutherland is saying that, you know, they're gonna be on sixty minutes and they're gonna be famous and everything. And at the end Kiefer Sutherland wakes up and, you know, he's just lying there. I just, it does nothing. The story goes nowhere. It was cool seeing everybody die and come back to life and see their little, you know, uh, memories. But at the same time, nothing else happens. (laughs) I think they did a a good job with, um, you know, when they're trying to revive each person, it gets like more and more intense as, as the scenes go on. Like, that's the best part of the movie, where they're like, we gotta bring him back, we gotta do it, oh, I'm gonna give him this, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, I don't understand any of the medical jargon or the stuff they're doing, but, um, you know, it, it was cool, you could really feel the tension grow every time they were doing it, and I thought that was kind of awesome. Yeah, but then, I, like that I, I wish that some stakes were a little higher, because in the beginning of the movie, they're saying that, you know, if you die for, you know, four minutes or three minutes, hey, you'll damage. get brain damage. <laughs> and all, you know, four of these people that go under don't... <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland's dead for about ten minutes. He comes back, he's like, man, he just looks like he has a bad hangover. Yeah, right. They didn't... <laughs> You're saying they want... you wanted another scene where they showed him, like, brain damage? I want... <laughs> I don't want the rest of his life. <laughs> I don't want anybody brain damage, but once, you know, once one person wakes up and then, you know, William Baldwin wake up, I'm like, okay, no one else is probably gonna die. Yeah. And Oliver Platt's just there. He doesn't even go under anything. He's just there. <laughs> like, we don't want to see what you yeah. got. And he says something like that in the movie, too. He's like, I'm glad I didn't go under. The worst thing I've done is stole a pastrami sandwich from a 350-pound babysitter. I guess. <laughs> that would have been a great scene. <laughs> I would have I rather had that in. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't uh, check my Blu-ray. Maybe that's on a deleted but, scene. But, like, I, like, we're here to talk about Joel Schumacher. So, like, his directing's really good in it. I, I like the, the, the direction of it. Um, the, yeah, the, the death sequences, like where, where people are having their hallucinations or whatever, like they, you know, they go into their afterlives and those are all like awesome and they're all done in a different way. None of them are the same. And I thought that's kind of cool. They sort of have everybody experience their own afterlife, you know, like one guy will be flying and another guy's like seeing his life flash between, before his eyes, you know, there's just kind of cool stuff that they have uh, flipped around on it. But, yeah, awesome. All right, let's see here, Mike. What do I got? I got another one out here I just watched this morning. Um, this is one <laughs> of his uh, later movies, Blood Creek. 
And this is a straight up horror movie. Like we've talked about 23 and eight millimeter are kind of like that horror thriller line. Mm -hmm. You know, even Flatliners has some horror elements to it, but it's, it's more of like a suspense movie. Blood Creek. It's just a straight up like slasher horror movie. Um, it stars Henry Cavill, Superman himself, uh, Dominic Purcell, who is in um, Prison Break. He was also yeah. he also played uh, Dracula in Blade Trinity, or Draco. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, and uh, and uh, more recently, he's in a bunch of the CW shows as another one of the uh, uh, superhero slash villain uh, Heat Wave. And it also stars Michael Fassbender, fucking Magneto. So you got Superman, Heatwave, Magneto, all in one movie. And Fassbender plays an evil immortal, an evil immortal necromancer Nazi, uh, who tries to kill Cavill and Purcell, uh, along with another immortal German family. It's this is a weird fucking movie, man. I did not see this coming. I thought it was going to be more like suspense and there's going to be like some weird, oh, it's going to be Nazis and they're like in hiding and maybe they're doing some weird stuff and they want to kill people. Because if you look at the cover of the DVD, it's the back of some guy's head. It's all scarred up and has a uh, swastika like carved into it. So you're like, okay, this is a Nazi movie. It's going to have some, some weird shit in it. It's like 100% like supernatural. There's like druid runes. Fastbender is like immortal. He can't be killed. He can he can bring things back from the dead and command them. There's a ton of gore in it. There's like gunshots going off. Henry Cavill's like jumping behind a fence and gunning people down, blasting a guy in the gut with a shotgun. I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching this. It's so different from everything I've seen from Schumacher that I was like almost stunned watching this. Um, there's some good Nazi killing in it. Uh, the gore effects, like I said, are pretty good. They're not, like, the best thing I've ever seen, but it's from, I forget when this is, 2008, maybe, 2010. Um, it's kind of, the, the plot and feeling of the movie is almost like Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Evil Dead, where they're, like, trapped in a, a house, and there's, like, a bunch of evil on the outside, and they're trying to stop, you know, um, the evil Nazi from coming in and killing them. And they've got to figure out what's the one way to, to kill an immortal Nazi. It's fucking... It's so weird and great. I loved it. And everybody is just 100% hamming up their performances. Especially Fassbender. Like, if you're used to seeing him, you know, in the, like, the X-Men movies. Or something where he's more restrained. I say more restrained playing like a supervillain in a fucking comic movie. In this, he's full out like, yeah, I'm an evil Nazi. And I'm going to fucking go balls to the wall with it. Um, in all, I, I think I was more surprised, like the movie itself probably isn't that great for a horror movie, but I just loved seeing it so much cause it was so different that like, I have to recommend this. Really? Go check it out. It, it's so weird, man. Like you would never see it coming. I remember seeing the trailer for this and thinking to myself, this looks fucking awful. <laughs> it's dumb. It, it is really dumb, but it's like fucking superman it just blew a guy away with a shotgun <laughs> and like i don't know i mean he gets head in hellraiser hell world in hell world oh yeah you're right he gets a blowjob in it yeah i don't i don't think there's any blowjobs in this. well i'm not gonna watch it 
No, that sounds pretty neat, actually. Because, like, Fassbender, back in the late 2000s, he wasn't in... I mean, he was in a whole lot, but it was a lot of, you know, stuff that you never really heard of, besides, like, 300, maybe. Um, He likes doing these, like, uh, smaller-type films. Yeah, and for most of it, like, it's so weird, he's wearing full makeup, like, almost like a Freddy Krueger-style mask, like, covering his whole face. For the majority of the film, and you're like, oh my and god! And it's so crazy to me that he he starred in Glorious, well, not starred, but he was in Glorious Bastards that same year. So he did Blood Creek, mm. you know, as a Nazi, and he did Inglorious Bastards as you know a Nazi hunter. So it was kind of neat. Uh, what? He was a Nazi hunter. In well, that? not not a Nazi hunter, but he was uh, he was what? Uh, what do they call them? He was like undercover. And the glorious best. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they were in that bar yeah. scene. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, weird. Uh, I rec- If you're looking for, like, a dumb slasher movie, and you get its late 2000s, you kind of know what you're going to get. It's, you know, this isn't the peak of slashers, but it's fun, man. It's, turn your brain off and enjoy it. That's what I say for this one. And again, it's shot very well. Um, Schumacher does a good job, as he always does. And it's just nice to see something completely different every once in a while. So, what else we got? Anything else? Now for Schumacher, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really watch anything else. I did have one other film I watched. Mike. I'm sure you did. And <laughs> as I as I've mentioned, sometimes you have to watch the bad stuff. I, so on I, Friday, I, <laughs> I forced Elisa to watch Batman and Robin. Okay. The the uh, fourth uh, I, uh, Batman movie, I guess, in whatever you'd want to call that, like, series. Um, with uh, George Clooney as Batman. Uh, Chris O'Donnell? Yeah, before, What's that, Jay? Yeah, before you go any further, can I just say the only good film about that film, or the only good thing about that film, was the theme song by fucking Smashing Pumpkins. All right. I'll... Uh, okay, and that theme song only played over the credits. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'll tell the best part of the film is honestly Arnold Schwarzenegger because (laughs) we're watching it and Elisa goes is after the second the second line Schwarzenegger has she says is he only gonna speak in ice (laughs) puns for the whole movie absolutely (laughs) and I'm like yes yes he is it's so cringy Uh, I don't know how you can watch this movie and not be embarrassed you're just like oh no somebody made this wow I didn't whole underlying theme of what was it Alfred having Alzheimer's or something no he had the same disease that Mr. Freeze's wife had that's the one I knew it was similar yeah the the pun at the end who says yeah take two of these it's like really (laughs) (laughs) take two of these and call me in the morning man it's only got a 3.7 on IMDb (laughs) Are you surprised? Come on, let's Actually, face. yeah, I am. Because, like, I I watched this movie when I was a kid, and I, I loved it when I was a kid. I really did. I For some reason, like, I knew it was bad, but at the same time, I really enjoyed it because Schwarzenegger and uh, what's-her-face, Alicia Silverstone and with Thurman and all them. Uh, oh, and oh all. Jesus oh, Christ, she's Silverstone. Oh, so, she's so oh, bad she's in this terrible. movie, man. She's like a bad girl. I'm like, shut up. 
okay, right, I reiterate, I take back what I said about that. Um, being smashing pumpkins, being the only good thing. Alicia, Alicia Silverstone in her schoolgirl outfit was um, a high point. Come on, Shane. What? You dirty old man. And your point? <laughs> but, man, how do they treat, uh, what's his face? Oh, what the hell is his name? Who is Uma Thurman's, like, uh, Poison no, Ivy. the other guy? Oh, Bane. Bane. They treated Bane like crap in this. Uh, well, so those are a, couple, a couple of the big problems, like as a Batman fan, like when this came out and it was, you know, after they had done the whole Batman gets his back broken, the comics and Bane is this like awesome character and it, like all the Batman fans love him. And in this movie, you couldn't have made a worse representation of that character. It's just like as if someone only saw an image of the character and said, yeah, I'll use that guy. He looks really big. <laughs> like, oh Well, I don't God. know. I don't remember many comic book movies before this that have so many villains. Because uh, there's three in here? Like, good God. And, you know, they, they borrowed... Or, yeah, they borrowed the storyline from the Batman animated series for Mr. Freeze's wife. It's like, why couldn't they do the same thing for Bane? Because... Well, so... And why couldn't they have done that like well like if you watch batman the animated series mr freeze is a tragic yeah. character that you feel really bad for and he's like just trying to to you know do the best for his wife and do what he can and he has to like rob banks and stuff for whatever reason because he needs the funds and in this he's just like i'm going to freeze the city it's going to be an ice age and everyone is like looking at him like oh no don't don't say that that's that's sad. And he's got the stupid henchman. He's like, oh, okay, boss. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard watch, man. Uh, I, for To give Schumacher some credit, the, the backgrounds and the amount of work put into designing, like, sort of the coloring and the way the movie looks is, is done extremely the well. The cinematography had, is beautiful. He had a vision of what he wanted, and he got it. Like, he nailed what he wanted. Now, whether that's a good or bad thing, that's up for debate, but uh, it's it's certainly striking. It stands out from the other movies. Even his other one, Batman Forever, is much more low-key compared to this one. And that man... And again, that has Jim Carrey. Yeah, Jim Carrey and uh, uh, Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones is Two-Face, man. In the beginning, he is he is giving it the worst hammy like performance I have ever seen. He, yeah, he is worse than Schwarzenegger. He's worse than probably anyone in any Batman movie. What didn't I hear? I thought I heard a story about Tommy Lee Jones and that he was just like an like an asshole, supposedly. I don't know. Yeah, the, I heard one story from from Jim Carrey that like you know because this was one of Jim Carrey's bigger breaks. It was like a big Hollywood movie. Like he had done Ace Ventura and stuff, but he came on this and was like, Oh my God, this is going to be great. And he's, he's, you know, he's being friends with Val Kilmer trying and trying to be like friendly with all the people that are in the movie and the director and everything. And he goes to Tommy Lee Jones. He's like, Hey, listen, you know, I want to get together and go over some ideas for the script or whatever and how we're going to play this. And Tommy Lee Jones just basically like blew him off. And he said there was one time, like, he went into a restaurant and saw Tommy Lee Jones sitting there after a day of shooting and went to, like, you know, go say hi or whatever, and t he just completely ignored him, like, didn't say a yeah, word. Yeah, that's what I... Gave him the cold shoulder, and, and Jim Carrey was like, oh, 
all right. <laughs> I guess I just won't be friends with this guy. <laughs> but yeah, that that's uh, that's another one. So, um, oh, you said you watched uh, Falling Down, Mike. Did we go over that? Yeah, I didn't write really any notes for it. I just watched it, and uh, I really liked it. That's a movie I watched when I was like much younger, like when I was like a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, this movie's badass and cool. But then, like, you watch it later when I'm in my 30s, and I'm like, oh, I totally understand what this You told <laughs> – I love the fact that you can relate to him for the first maybe three-quarter of the movie. And then towards the end, you're like, man, this guy really, <laughs> really lost it. Yeah. You're like, all right, it's maybe a step further than I would Well, Michael wrong. Douglas is so good in this. He's unbelievably good in this. Especially in the beginning where he's trashing the, like, uh, convenience store. And he's like, how much is this Coke? And the guy's like, 85 cents. And he's like, this is too much. And he starts, he's like, how much are these donuts? He's like, a dollar ten. He's like, too much. And he starts hitting everything with a baseball bat. <laughs> and at the end, he's like, how much is this Coke? And the guy's like, oh, 50 cents. He's like, sold. <laughs> and he pays for it and leaves. <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah, that's uh, it, it, it's that's a must watch for I think anybody that uh, if you're gonna watch any Schumacher movies or anything, Falling Down is absolute. That's, that's I would probably great, say great it's movie. one of his best movies. Sure, sure, and he's done some. I, I I enjoyed watching like all of these, even Batman and Robin, which is so bad, but I sort of got that so bad it's good quality. Yeah, from I think it. that's why I like it too. But yeah. I mean, you know, he also did Lost Boys, which we talked about a bunch of times, and. Right, we'd be in trouble if we didn't mention Lost Boys, but we've covered it, like, a lot. Yeah. And uh, we all know the best part of the movie is the sexy sax man. Oh, obviously. Sweaty, sexy sax man, yeah. (laughs) And that's another thing we didn't bring up, that, like, Schumacher does put sort of a a good amount of, like, homoerotic imagery in a lot of his movies, but he sort of sneaks it under the radar. Not in Lost Boys. Lost Boys, it's fucking... The whole movie is... Oh, yeah. Can't blow yeah. poster in Sam Sam's bedroom. Yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> Even, like, in Flatliners, you know, William Baldwin, like, it's not homoerotic, but, you know, he's looking at the camera while he's, like, banging all these women, you know. Oh, yeah. You, you feel like he's watching himself more than he yeah. is them. I wouldn't say falling so. down, really. Uh, yeah, I didn't really. I don't remember. Maybe the much two, uh, the two gay guys in that army store, and the the owner was like saying all these, you know, offensive words to him to make him leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's it's weird. I don't know. He's got he's definitely got an image that he sees yeah. in his head that he wants done. Now, there's one film I didn't get a chance to watch. I, di- I didn't find it either. Um, and I, I can't, I'd never heard of this movie until I looked up on his IMDb. It's called Flawless. And the plot is an ultra-conservative security guard suffers a debilitating stroke and is assigned to a rehabilitative program that includes singing lessons. And the singing lessons are held by the drag queen next door. It stars Robert De Niro as the homophobe and Philip Seymour Hoffman as the transgender person. And I'm like, how have I never seen this? This is a this is a movie where Robert De Niro learns how to sing from Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm like, what? It's like a really like gay version of American History X. 
Oh my god. Oh, that I mean, was. I need to track that. Was, it looks like it was written by Joel Schumacher too. It sounds so good. I'm definitely gonna find this movie. A friend of mine said she saw it and said that it was really good. So I'm like, yeah, I have to see this. I just want to see De Niro try to. See yeah, it. I'd be down for that. And he also did. Um, Schumacher also did Phone Booth with uh, Colin Farrell. I've in seen it. parts of it and I didn't mind it. I thought it was a cool idea yeah. for a movie. Uh, what I didn't know about that movie is it was written by Larry Cohen, <laughs> who I fucking of course. love. So I'm like, oh, now I got to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, there, like, that film had a couple of cameos in it. I think Jared Leto had a cameo in it as well. And his mm. scene got cut. Good. <laughs> uh, what's his, I was going to say, uh, Kiefer Sutherland's in that too, right? He's been in a bunch of Schumacher movies. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen it. It's kind of hard to see, yeah. like... I guess you could you could watch Phone Booth on Amazon, but a lot of these Schumacher movies are kind of hard to find, at least uh, digitally. You know, I had to torrent both yeah. Flatliners and um, what's the other one I watched? Good Lord, twenty the number twenty three. I had to torrent both of them. I couldn't find them at any streaming, and Falling Down was the only one that was kind of cheap to to rent on Amazon. It was like two bucks, mm. but the other ones, yeah, blood. Blood Creek was, I think, $3 to rent. That's how I got that one. <laughs> but, you know, maybe, I don't know if they kind of capitalize on things like that. It's like, oh, you know, so-and-so died. People are going to want to watch these movies. I wonder if we can just, you know, now they have to pay for them. I don't know. Maybe that's the conspiracy. Oh, right. Pull, pull them off of Netflix. Yeah. Pull them off of Hulu. Because yeah. I could have swore I saw Falling Down on Hulu before. Mm. Yeah. No, but uh, he was a great director, man, and I'm, I I feel bad that I almost, like, when he passed, I, I didn't even think about his movies. I was just like, oh, well, well Schumacher, I'm like, I don't know if I want to have to watch these. And then watching him again, I'm like, oh, my God, I fucking yeah, love these. Yeah, I'm glad we did this because I was just talking about it with my, my hairless friend the other day, and he's... <laughs> <laughs> he's super into movies and but he's not in the horror movies and i told him i'm like yeah, i'm doing we're doing a podcast episode on joel schumacher he's like well good luck with that but he's he's never seen falling down he's never seen the movies you know that we watch he's only seen batman or robin batman forever uh i think he may have seen number 23 mm. but yeah I'm, I'm glad we do this because i now i love falling down like i love that movie Flatliners was yeah. good. I'm glad I watched it. Number twenty three. I'm glad I watched it. Even the you know the the bad ones. I I didn't mind watching. So I'm glad mm-hmm. we did this. Yeah. So any last thoughts on Schumacher, Shane? Um, not really. But I do have a couple of quotes from people um, that I can give you because I yeah. did put a post up on um, Instagram and Facebook earlier on about this, and uh, there there was I got one comment on it, which was I thought was hilarious. Um, and it was, it was from when it decides to load up. Um, my, my friend Keith, um, get swifty Keith says falling down will always be his favorite Schumacher movie. He said it was so gritty and real blew me away when I first saw it. And then, um, my buddy Rob, who is primitive paints on Instagram, basically he said, um, Joel Schumacher, I'm a huge Batman fan and I owe a lot of that to Schumacher. In retrospect, say what you want about the quality of the Batman movies he produced, but when I grew up, I loved those movies. 
He added to the Batman lore and created elements that would be copied into the comics and further. His influences can still be seen in shows such as Gotham. You might cringe now at those bat nipples, but man, those bat nipples gave us joy back in the day. I think the bat nipples are not nearly as uh, amazing as the bat cheeks, yeah. as they have George Clooney's ass crack in the bat suit. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the bat cheeks are where it's at. That's it's all about the cheeks. <laughs> oh, Awesome. All right, guys. Let's go over a little bit of Ian Holmes' work while we're while we're doing this little retrospective. Can I just go for a quick slash before we do that? Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to do the same. Actually, yeah. we'll do a quick pause, and hopefully, this doesn't stop recording. Yeah, God forbid. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I'll be here. You guys enjoy your time. I'm just going to sit here and. Just be here. I can hear somebody fumbling with their genitalia back there. I think it's going to be Shane. And all my friends left. Now what? What am I going to do? (laughs) Oh, someone's done. Oh my god. Someone's like peeing in a waterfall right now. That was my toilet. I'm just going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Welcome back. Oh, I decided to run down and get another beer. I'm jealous. Oh, yes. I've been doing intermittent fasting as well as keto. That sounds horrible. Yeah, well, intermittent fasting is not terrible. You just got to eat at certain times. So I I only eat between 12 p.m. and 8 p.m., which is not terrible. Really? Mm-hmm. Some people do. Some people do really crazy things. Like they'll go 20 hours of fasting and four hours of eating. But it works apparently. I feel like that would just fuck me up. I, I just know. can't wait. Like I would get just You don't get like really hungry. No, cuz I since I'm on keto, I have a lot of fat every day. I've been trying to watch my calories a lot more, so yeah, after 8 p.m., like my body's used to not eating anymore. I just can't wait to get down to my goal weight so I can just treat my body like shit again, you know. <laughs> get it, get back it right up. back up. <laughs> Take that body. <laughs> Just remember, Mike, every hair you shave off, that's some calories That's very burned. true. Calories burned, and I'm losing, like, you know, probably micro ounces. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell? All right, guys. Ian Holm. Fantastic actor. Uh, I thought we'd maybe touch on some of his uh, more famous roles that he went into. Uh, you're, you're probably more familiar with a lot of his stuff, Shane, because he did a lot of British TV shows and stuff. Oh, right? yeah, he did fucking shitloads of stuff. Um, it was, like, long before he did, like, major... Well, he did major movies, but it was, like, he, he'd been acting since 1957. So, um... 
I mean, he a lot of it. He did a lot of theatre work as well. But I mean, a lot of the stuff of note he did. One of the original incarnations of a mid Midsummer's Night Dream. Um, you know, he played the characters of Puck in both. And then you had The War of the Roses, which came out, which was 1965. Shane, do you uh, have little children in a cage? Yeah, what's going on? What's happening? That's outside. Head? That's actually outside. Uh, where I live, I live on what they call a bicycle path, which goes through the village that I live in. And it's basically open, so you've got kids walking past with parents, and you'll occasional, occasionally hear the old, the odd piss head, um, and maybe the occasional scrap. You know, there's nothing quite like fisticuffs on a Sunday afternoon. You know, there's a lot of pleasant things in life. All right. Yeah. Uh, All right. So you were saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. He did. Uh, yeah. Ian Home. I mean, he did a film. I'm not sure whether it was a horror movie, but he did a film called The Severed Head back in 1971. Um, he's been in all kinds of stuff. There was a TV series he did in 72 called The Frighteners. No connection with the uh, um, movie with Michael J. Fox from 1996. But um, he's been in a hell of a lot of stuff, you know, and it was uh, even a TV miniseries called The Lost Boys in 1978. Um, did <laughs> obviously just after in the same year that he did Alien, he also did a TV version of Les Miserables, Les Miserables, um, so West Titanic, and All Quiet on the Western Front, which actually was a favorite of my dad's, funnily enough. Uh, um, the, the remake, the what is 70s remake or 80s remake? Yeah. Um, he was also in Chariots of Fire, Time Bandits. Oh, Time Bandits. I love Time Bandits. Yeah. yeah. That was a staple of my childhood. Yeah. Um, Greystoke. Maybe. He played He played Napoleon in that yeah, one. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, he was also in Greystoke, which was the film, I think that was the film with Sigourney Weaver as well. Um, what else was he in? The only thing I really know Ian Holm from are the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, because he was right. he was you know older Bilbo, and then from really from Alien and Fifth Element. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Fifth Element. Like I, yeah. you know, I grew up not really knowing who Ian Holm was, so I would just see him in like Fifth Element here, and I'm like, hey, that's the guy from Alien, <laughs> you know. And then I watch Lord of the Rings, I'm like, hey, that's the guy from Alien. <laughs> and he's so good in Alien and Fifth Element. Like he's a really yeah. solid actor. Looking back on it. Yeah, he was also, he did a lot of kids' films as well, but I mean, he was also in Naked Lunch, the David Lynch movie. Um, he, Cronenberg? Um, Victor Frankenstein and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, no, he, he wasn't Victor Frankenstein. He, he was he was Frankenstein's dad. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, Victor, yeah, the father of Victor Frankenstein. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Madness of King George he was in. Um what else have we got? Fifth Element, Life Less Ordinary, which was a, um, oh shit, I can't remember what the name of the fucking director was. Danny something or other who did train spotting as well. Boyle? Yeah, Danny Boyle, thank you very much. Um, Existence was another one he was in. Oh, that's another Cronenberg. Yeah. Um, 
And then my personal favourite, actually, which was he was I thought he was fantastic in, was From Hell. Oh yeah, I knew you were gonna pick that one, Shane. That's the film, yeah. For me, that's that's such a good fucking film, you know. I realize, yeah, he, he's he's really good at yeah, that too. I didn't realise that one of the last roles that Ian Holm did was um, he did the voice of Ash for the Alien Isolation game. Yeah, most of them, like even Parker came back. I think anybody really came back for that. Yeah. I gotta play that game. I, it always comes up, and I'm like, oh, I should play that. I I'm surprised that you haven't. I own it. It's, I, it's one of those goddamn games in my Steam library. I just gotta do it. Maybe, maybe that's what I should do, Mike. I finished Doom Eternal again. I'll just hop right into Alien Isolation. <laughs> just hop right in. Like, I think, yeah, uh, Veronica Cartwright came back for it. Parker. Tom Skerritt. Harry Dean Stanton. Like, everybody came back for it, I believe. Well, some people had passed, right? Like, I think Yafet Koto was gone. I think he died before that. No, he's still and alive. Who else? Yafet Koto yeah. is? Who was I thinking of? Who else died from Alien? Uh, Harry Dean Somebody Stanton did. just died. Yeah, he died, he died uh, a few he, years ago. Yeah, he died in 2017. Alien Isolation came out in 2014. That was before um, What's-His-Face died, too. Why the hell am I blanking on this? Oh, the the, the guy with the chest. Yeah. <laughs> What's his face? <laughs> I can picture him. What the fuck? Yeah, you know, one of the best actors. The most famous actor in that movie. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> see him on here though. I don't think yeah, he came back. John Hurt, interesting fact. John Hurt, yeah. goddamn. Interesting fact, John Hurt used to live locally. He used to live near me. Yeah. Really? Did he go up and down that path and fight kids? <laughs> no, but he would often be seen on the lo- in Norwich City Centre on the market. That's pretty yeah, cool. I would I would recommend Alien Isolation. You know, not from me because I never played it. God forbid, I'm not playing a horror game. But Vel and even um, George Pastor, he yeah. like played this game on the hardest difficulty and beat it. Screw that! But it's like a you know, it's a, it's a, not a official sequel, but it's like a sequel, basically. Yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah, Ian Holm. Also. But yeah, Ian Holm. Uh, <laughs> what else I got? He's he's got on here, um, bless the child, which I don't remember him in. I remember it's a De Niro movie, but uh, he plays some priest, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. This is like if you need a priest in your movie, you want Ian Holm playing the priest. So. Yeah, he was a great actor. Uh, loved a bunch of his stuff. I actually, I, I wanted time to go back and watch Time Bandits again. I just, I couldn't find it this weekend. Um, just to revisit my childhood once again. Have you ever seen that one, Mike? Uh, Val loves it. I've never seen it. I know it's like it's part oh, of a trilogy, God. but I've never seen any. Well, I, uh, a trilogy in the sense that it's uh, a Terry Gilliam yeah. uh, movie. So, you know, it, it's not related to the other ones, but like Baron Munchausen... Time Bandits. What's the other one? Brazil, I guess. Was it Brazil? I think it might be Brazil. Like, each movie I mean, takes that one's... place in someone's uh, life. What, like, I think Time Bandits is supposed to represent when you're a kid. And Barry Munchausen is supposed to be when you're older. And I think Brazil is supposed to be when you're an adult or something. That's what I read. Well, yeah, I mean, Time Bandits and Baron Munchausen, those were like, when I was a kid, I fucking watched those movies all the time. I loved them. I, I never really saw Brazil. That's more like an adult movie, I guess. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, it's good. 
It's so dumb. Like, you have to be in that, like, 80s childhood mindset, you know, where they would have movies that are probably terrifying for children that we shouldn't have been watching. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. So, yeah, he'll be missed. He's definitely a great actor. And uh, I just happened to watch Alien uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, I did too. I, I watched it a couple weeks back with Val. Yep. So... All right. Well, we'll miss him. We'll miss Schumacher. Um, but, you know, hopefully uh, we'll find some other actors and directors that can entertain us at some point. You know? All the good ones are going. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah my buddy um, Rob actually had something to say about being home as well. So nobody yeah. else did. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he basically says whatever role he played, he made it his own. An actor that could not be emulated. In Alien, I was scared of a monster, but I was terrified of everything that Ash encapsulated. A literal instrument of a company that valued profit over people. And you made it so interesting in The Sinister that still leaves me wanting a movie that concentrates on the machinations of the synthetics within the Alien franchise. Fancy. Yeah. Uh, also, synthetic, Fastbender. Yeah. Boom. Tied it in. Yeah. All comes together. I just I'll never forget when I first watched Alien that shot where you know he gets Ash gets hit in the head and you don't see the wound you just see his face and then you just see like the milk dripping down his head and you get yeah. man that scene is just so good it's just like oh, man it's just the acting acting and directing in that movie I man I love Alien that movie's so perfect it's not even funny. <laughs> So I thought it was really cool when um, when uh, he attacked Ripley in that, and you know it's just like all all of the reactions, although they may have been choreographed, but it was the look of true fear on Ripley's face as she's being attacked, and he's trying to ram that magazine down her throat and like <laughs> trying to fucking kill her. You know, it's yeah. What what was that? Now that I'm thinking about it, the whole magazine situation, he's like trying to suffocate. I think he's yeah. using whatever like... he had available. <laughs> oh, man. So, all right, fellas, let's wrap this one up. I think we did justice to these two great legends of Hollywood. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you are uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you can catch us at allyoudneedisbloodpod at gmail.com. The Facebook group, All You Need Is Blood. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, I'm at Ryan Tudelo. On Instagram, All You Need Ryan. All You Need Is Ryan? What is my name? I think it's All, all You, you need, need Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a terrible name. Uh, and I'm all, You can find me also on the Facebook group and on the upcominghorrormovies.com message board. I'm always floating around. Um, I am on, I do the Instagram page. All you need is blood podcast. I'm on the Facebook group. Um, I'm also on Instagram as my last name, Whittemore. Uh, I'm on the forum. So go to the forum because we can all need more, you know, forum posts about Ooh, people wow. complaining about resident evil and such. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that game, uh, it, it looks pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't talk about that, but yeah. Oh, I didn't write Yeah, me news. either. Yeah, but Resident Evil 8 I was announced. Should... We could, You could edit this in the news. 
Oh yeah, I'll definitely do that. I won't. I absolutely just won't leave it here at the end. <laughs> yeah, but it's so creepy—not creepy, but like this shows how much of a fan Val is. Like the trailer started playing, and you don't know it's Resident Evil Eight. And I was talking to her through Facebook, and we were watching the uh, PlayStation conference together, and. 10 seconds into the trailer she's like this is resident evil i'm like how can you tell and then it (laughs) shows up resident evil 8 the village and there's like werewolves in it now it's yeah i'm super on board to watch val play it i'm super on board to watch (laughs) val play this game oh maybe we should get her on twitch mike and then we can everyone can i've been trying to get her on twitch she doesn't have the you know she plays she's an actual like video game fan so she plays it when she feels like it have her play for you know all these neckbeards going you know why don't you what's your schedule no so that was the news excellent (laughs) we'll wrap the news up (laughs) We should have a finishing news theme, and then we'll just play that. <laughs> Jesus. All right, Shane, what are your contacts? Um, you can contact me on Instagram, uh, RoboGinge74. If you really must, um, you can contact me on Twitter, though I barely use it these days. Um, as My username on there is Dead Cell Society, and obviously part of the All You Need Is Blood podcast group on Facebook. And that's generally about it. All right. Well, we'll let everybody go for now. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, fellas, for joining me once again. And I'll just say bye for now. Bye. Later. Oh, my God. There was, when I was editing the last episode, there was like a burp. I think it was you that did it, Mike. (laughs) And I I laughed for like 20 minutes. And honestly... I, I hadn't been, like, I used to, like, separate all the burps out. That one was so, like, it was so perfect that I pulled it out and isolated it. Maybe I'll just stick it in right here. I was just thinking about that. I played it for, like, an hour and a half, and just, I beat the whole thing. So it's, it's, a, it's a great little time waster. I got a burp. <laughs> there we go. I was holding that in for a while. That's a great little time waste. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> that could be the ending news theme. The belt. <laughs> <laughs> the belt of Saint Mike. <laughs> oh, but for man. the record, it was probably Val. It probably we'll was. We'll blame so it on her. It just sounded like you. I think. I think at the end of it, she was laughing. So that works. Oh, shit. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. All right, guys. So, Mike, go not eat or eat or whatever you're doing in this hour. I'm going to go to my buddy's house, uh, play some Super Smash Brothers. Is that what you're calling it now? <laughs> yes. All right, guys. I'll talk to you guys later. Later, You're going to teach him the fine art of waxing. Oh my god! <laughs> no, this is the hairless one. You already oh right, one. okay. He's probably he probably waxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike's gone, hasn't he? He's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> Quality. <laughs> oh shit.
shit. Uh, I'm gonna stop recording this. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go.